Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Cassinari-King. Today, I'm delighted to have, more than delighted to have, Tom Hughes. Thank you, Tom, for being on the show. Uh, it's my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, and you're now from New Hampshire. Yes. Again, or, or exactly. was it Madison, no, again. California? I lived in New Hampshire before moving to California 21 oh. years ago. Oh, you did? Okay, great. So Mass, yeah. New Hampshire, California. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite place? New England or France. <laughs> I haven't lived there yet. <laughs> there you go. Nice place to visit though. So, um, gosh, so much to talk about. I have notes and notes too, but um, <clears throat> you did some great podcasts recently with Eric Rhodes. Thank you. And uh, Anne Therese Wood, the savvy painter. And so I don't want to kind of, you know, I'm sure there's, Tom Hughes stalkers out there who are listening to all of those. So, <laughs> so I, I don't want to repeat all that stuff. It, it's I all had, great stuff. I had a, I've <laughs> got to interrupt just a little bit because Tom Hughes stalkers. <laughs> but I, uh, a year or two ago, there was, a, I had an exchange on Facebook where usually, you know, I only post paintings, almost only. And uh, when I was in Oakland, I painted a lot of urban stuff. That was my favorite thing to do there, uh, you know, which involved, you know, chain link fences and mostly empty sorts of areas, you know, free frontage roads is what I liked. But anyway, I put, put something on that it was a place I liked to go. I could always get a painting on it, but there were, you know, and usually on Facebook, you get a lot of, you know, high fives and, and, you know, it boils down to flattery, right? Yeah which is nice, but there was somebody who got on there and, and he was, he, he stated flatly that, listen, this subject matter just wasn't worthy of, you know, art, I guess, or painting. I'm not sure what exactly. And he had a whole thing about it. And that, you know, somehow my sense of everything was warped because of my groupies and sycophants. <laughs> which I, I was really, I was delighted to think that somebody thought I had groupies and sycophants. <clears throat> but anyway, wow. So stalkers now, too. Yeah. <laughs> what next? Oh, that's, that's. I don't know what they imagine. I mean, it's all. I go into my burrow. I'm like a, I'm like a creature in a hole trying to paint a picture, and that's it. You know? <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. That's great. So you grew up in New England, in yeah. Massachusetts. In yeah. And um, tell me, what was your exposure to art as a child? And when I, when I was very young, when I was a little boy, uh, I was, I have two memories that dovetail. One is that my father was an artist 
at least on the weekends. And I remember him painting in the basement. Uh, but very early on, it was a it was a major preoccupation for me. And I suspect that uh, I really I was trying to have something to do with my father, who you know wasn't particularly attentive. Um, he he disappeared. He left when I was about seven, and I didn't. I, I knew nothing at all about him until I was in my twenties after that. But it was early on, you know, I, I, my earliest kind of memories of doing something that I was doing something would be drawing. And I was from an early age, I think I was not much of a scribbler. I always wanted things to look right. Yeah. That was a preoccupation. And I, I, you know, I, I don't recommend it to people to, to, to uh, hitch their self-esteem to how well they can draw a picture. But I, I did when I was a kid, when I was little, and, and, it, and well into adulthood. <laughs> but I started young, and mm-hmm. I don't exactly know why, but I, I certainly seem to have some kind of a predisposition for it. Nice. So... So did you have exposure to museums or? Not so much, but there were some books. Um, but no, not so much. I, I know my, my father had, well, left, left behind a very little bit in the way of books and things like that. And so I uh, certainly, you know what I looked at? There, were, there was a set of those old uh, time life series on artists that were you know the the age of rembrandt or that kind of thing okay i certainly looked at those but i looked at everything you know i looked at everything with pictures i loved i loved pictures so it was it was eclectic and undirected um and in fact i didn't really have any kind of uh i didn't care about painting until i started doing it or at least not consciously and and that was in my early 20s Uh, But then once I started that, a lot of what I had looked at came into a a kind of focus that it hadn't been before, you know, just through the lens of now I'm, now I'm doing this stuff, you know, but so, so it wasn't, there was, there was no real, we didn't have any particular cultural uh, attainments as a family when I was a kid, you know, except that I myself was, very fond of reading and you know science actually uh, yeah which is what you were studying in college right and then you yeah i was yeah yeah that was and then you, what made you leave to go be an well i realized that i was not it wasn't really going to be what i was going to do uh i had a i had i was following up on a on a, on a uh, sort of childish childhood uh, ambition and by the time I was 20 years old or whatever and in and in at university you know I realized that well, you know what I'm really not going to well I'm not Einstein and I'm not going to work to compensate to, to compensate for my you know deficits in a way and but it, it was just putting to bed a, a very old kind of ambition isn't even the right word, you know, kind of a, kind of a, just a a dream or an image 
And like I said, when I was about 20, I realized, all right, you know, I'm not going to do this. It was very, in its way, very freeing, like that kind of thing always is. Sure. When you say, oh, oh okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> but I didn't stop doing that in order to paint, you know. I just stopped right. and then said, oh, gosh, I have to do something now, you know. Right. So what opened up for you? What happened, what happened was I, like they used to say, I dropped out of school and I got a job very quickly as a, as a, uh, well, I wasn't on staff at the time, but I became a newspaper artist at the Christian Science Monitor in Boston. I'd worked there the summer before as a copy clerk and I did some freelance illustration for them. And then I, you know, once I quit school, I thought, geez, I have to do something. And I went to the art director <laughs> and asked, do you have any openings here? You know, it's very, very naive, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, and she said, well, you know, we've seen your illustration. What kind of design work? What, what, how are you with design? Oh, design? I said, well, and so what I did was I brought in some posters that I had done for the fraternity that I was in, which that's a whole weird thing too. <laughs> you know, uh, I had done party posters for a very staid, uh, almost teetotaling fraternity that I was in. <laughs> and so, so she looked at, she looked at these things and she says, well, okay, these look great. Why don't you start on Thursday? Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Posters paid off. I, well, now I think that's crazy. It's totally crazy. They must have needed somebody. And so what I did was, uh, you know, any, you know, it's a crash course. I, I did uh, what at the time they called mechanicals. This is before dig everything was digital, uh, which meant I would put together these uh, overlay, you know, they were, they were ruby lith and amber lith overlays on charts and maps that were then going to be photographed for the newspaper. And I did mm -hmm. some page design, which I was terrible at. And I, I did even, honestly, it was crazy. I did everything. This was what you did in the art department. Yeah. But you know, the thing that I liked doing and cared about was illustration. So I had a, at least a weekly gig doing the book review illustration. I had this opportunity to make some pictures. I was totally confident, which was because I didn't know anything at all. And, I mean, really. And so that, you know, if I had to do, for instance, you know, we need a picture of Ronald Reagan and George Schultz at the time. This was the mid eighties. Uh, I, go back to what they called the photo files. You know, they had file photos and a AP photos and, and photos taken by the staff photographers. And you could use those. And then I'd come up with some kind of a, like a combination of stuff and then treat it. So I would do, for instance, you know, there'd be an op-ed about, you know, George, you know, George Schultz and Ronald Reagan being at policy odds in some way. And I'd come up with something where, you know, there was some vague emotional content, but basically you'd have to just 
I just juxtapose the two figures and I would do, well, how about scratchboard, you know, or maybe I do a block print or a, a pen and ink drawing, something like that. And it was great fun. The, the, the thing was it had to be done by deadline. So you could turn in not anything, but close to anything. If it was, if it came within the deadline, they were happy. Yeah. So, I experimented a lot with different media mediums. Uh, oh, that's that's awesome. And deadlines really do, I think, help. They did. I hate them now. I really hate them. However, at the time, it was great. It was you know yeah. you got to produce. It's it's in the paper. They see it all over the world. Amazingly, and then it's gone. You know. Right. It's right. good. So, I was working there and becoming more and more of a. Honestly, a little bit of a prima donna when people came to me more and more for illustration, but I still had to do maps. I had to do charts, uh, you know, gopher work, but they liked me for the illustrations. And my habit <laughs> was that I would, you know, I would disappear. It was nice. You know, the art department was great. I would just kind of disappear out of my cubicle once I did my work so that I wasn't, so they couldn't come to me and say, look, we need you to, what they, Officially, they wanted to just keep churning out pictures that they could use later, you know, for instance, again, you know, of national figures or of international figures. And it, that just didn't work for me. So I would just become scarce and run around and talk to people or I'd go out. I mean, it's, it's crazy sounding now. I can't believe I did that, but I was a kid. And uh, so what happened one day was I, it was at lunchtime or something else. I was down at I was on Boylston Street at the bookstore. It was Walden Books, I think. This this has a point. Okay, I, know. I, have, a, I have a point to all. I know this. where it's going, so get there. Come on. Did I, did I tell this? Did I already tell this? Um, you did, but okay. I want it on my show too. All right, so. all right, all right. So what happened? It. It really, it's the it's the biggest thing that ever happened to me in a way. Uh, I was flipping through one of those magazines like art and antiques or one of those things. And there was a, there was a, uh, an article on Winslow Homer watercolors and uh, I'd seen them all, you know, I'd seen them all, but this time the, the, there was one of these paintings that he had did in the Adirondacks an Adirondack guide in the, in the rowboat. And I saw this painting and it hit me. There was a, there was a, there was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a conversion experience where I said to myself or somebody said to myself, I have to do this. You know, it was a thorough, it was probably a realization in a way, but it felt, it felt almost external. Yeah. And so immediately I, I, you know, I took that as like an order and I went and I put together uh, a watercolor kit kind of out of the top of my head and went out to start to try to paint. So was that you went outside with watercolor because the paint time. Yeah. Because that painting was in watercolor and it was done. Exactly. Exactly right. Okay. So ah. I was, let me see, that would have been, so I would have been about 23 maybe. 
And was not only your first time out, but was that your first time with watercolor? No, I had done them. I had done them for the paper, at least in black and white. Um, okay. Watercolor and ink wash and that kind of thing. Huh. Um, but when I went out there, and I was used to being, I was used to having a fairly easy time of it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then I went out to paint, and all it was a, it was a disaster. Like it all, like it almost always is. It was a disaster. Yeah. And uh, because, like I tell my students every time, I you know I, I understand. I remember what it's like, you know, the first time, the first hundred times. Mm -hmm. go out and you're just swamped by sensation and I do I recall I was out there and you know you're full of idea you know you've got a whole notion of what you're going to do I'm going to make a painting but then you get out there and you see 450,000 blades of grass and 420 million leaves right yes that's what you see yes and that happened it happened to me and and didn't happen to me it's just the way it is and what's necessary in order to be able to make a painting out of it is to come, come up with some way of ordering this stuff, you know. And that, you know, it was demoralizing. I did what I could and it was awful. But you were, I mean, you were, you knew this is what you were going to do. So. Yeah, it was, it was. So you didn't give up. What did you say? You said, I'll, I'll be back tomorrow for you. <laughs> uh, it might have taken more than a day because I had to get over the feeling, of, you know, of shame, basically. It was shame. I, 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 I was, now I know, you know, I know what, I know what it's like, but at the time, you know, I'm used to it not being such a big problem. You know, when I was a kid, I was obsessed. I drew all the time. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't brand new for me to hold a brush or a pencil or whatever, but it was fairly new to completely fail, you know? Yeah. Completely. And, uh, so you know, there was a blow to the self-esteem and, you know, this is, uh, I'm making a story out of it. And so I don't remember exactly, but it did take me a while, but I couldn't, it was a thing I was bound to do. That's how I felt. And I really did not relish not being able to do it. That was the thing. And in order to do this stuff, you have to work at it. That's all. So I went out again. I'd go again and again and again and again, you know. And eventually, like with anything that you apply yourself to, you're going to get somewhere. And I did. What happens as a, as a, as a beginner uh, is that you put in some nominal amount of work, you know, attentive work, and you will be rewarded in a way you make leaps, you know, where you couldn't do something or you, you, you know, you couldn't conceive of something and then you could the next day after putting in doing all kind of, you know, trying over and over again and not doing very well. And then suddenly you can do something you couldn't do the day before. Well, right. that's because of all that time, right. you know, there's some sort of, there's some sort of, consolidation that happens so do you share this with your um students as you absolutely absolutely yeah. because it you know when i'm teaching you know my my job isn't to paint pictures and it's not to turn people into somebody that paints like i do because you know i just i just do what i can that's all i do uh 
but uh, I, I feel like it's good for them. It's good for them to realize that, you know, the, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I, you know, I didn't pop out of the head of Zeus being able to paint pictures, you know, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. Can I ask this question? When you first started and you were making what you're calling bad paintings, of course, we're all sitting here doubting, but you're calling them bad. They're terrible. They're terrible. Did you, <laughs> did you hide out in public or did you just not care? Uh, I, I figured out that you, well, I, I think that I felt, here's what happened. Here's what it was. I, you feel very self-conscious. You know, I was in the city. I was in Boston. Yeah. feel very self-conscious, but it didn't, didn't take long for me to realize by observation that nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody cares, really, uh, which is freeing. But, you know, it, it, it's more difficult for some people than others to feel, uh, to be able to feel like they're not being watched, you know, or, be, or have somebody who's going to be critical of what they're doing. But mostly, if anybody takes any notice, you know, 999 people out of 1,000 are very, if they say anything, it's complimentary, you know. And that's also doesn't, is meaningless, you know. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's like Facebook. There's a lot of. Uh, Hearts. There's a lot of compliments, you know, which is nice. It's great. But as a as an instructor i feel that it's it really helps to be encouraging really uh so that any kind of a criticism i have is you know i make sure to find what's going well in what in what my students are doing because it it's not at all helpful to to you know for the most part they're already a little bit stumped maybe yeah like i am the whole time it's it's a stump the whole thing so you know i feel like it it doesn't do anybody any good to just point out what the problem is because always somebody is doing something worth pointing out how 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 well it's going you know right right so um when did you start oil painting and i think you also do alcohol oh i know I know what I was going to ask you because you do everything and you, you do all pastel. I don't do, I, I, oh, I haven't done pastel right. since I was a little boy. I heard that. And it's because you don't like the feel. I don't, I can't stand it either. It's like, I can't, I don't, I don't like the feel of charcoal on yeah. paper. I don't like the, and I don't want all the, I don't like getting stuff all over my hands, you know? Yeah. I'm with you on that. And also let me tell you about pastel. It's weird that Rembrandt and, uh, <laughs> you know, Sargent and the rest of them haven't put me off oil painting, but Degas has put the final word on pastel. I don't know what I would, honestly, what, what the heck would I do? You know, yeah. it's, it's so beautiful when anybody does it, does it well. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I've got to, I guess I have enough at the moment. To, <laughs> so in Southwest Art, you're quoted as saying, real artists are omnipainterists. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell. <laughs> yeah. It never made any sense to me. Uh, you know, once I met some painters, 
you know, I, I've worked just kind of by myself until, well, it's a while ago now, but you know, my, the times when I was forming myself, if you know what I mean, yeah, awful, it's terribly egocentric sounding, but you know, you make yourself as a painter, really. Nobody yeah. else does the work for you. Uh, it, the, the, the art, you know, I was looking at art, uh, painting that moved me, you know, and no painter that I ever cared about said, you know what, I can only do oil painting or whatever. You know, they did whatever the heck was at hand, you know, uh, which makes sense to me. Why not? So that I didn't feel as if I had to specialize in one medium or the other. You know, you do what appeals to you. You know, some people, it just, they just like, you know, greasy oil pan or dry pastel or whatever. But I, I like, I like the other, you know, I like doing more than one thing. That's all. So that, say, that that quote really freed me up when I when I yeah heard, and I heard it from um, I think Todd Benita when we were talking oh, yeah. about you and uh, because I think somewhere somewhere early on in my art explorations here I I heard somebody or a teacher or somebody say you know you've got to put your thousand miles of canvas in in one just pick one medium because you're only going to get good enough at one and so I was like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's obviously wrong. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's obvious that that's completely false, you know? And the, the, first, the first time I, I thought to myself, that's a bunch of crap, right. was right. when I was at the Tate in London, and I went and I saw um, Turner's watercolors. Bingo! I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Yeah. I was so naive. But, now, you know, then I, I saw your works, and I was like, they're crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, your watercolors are. I'm gonna. I wanna. I would like to be able to quote you and attribute attribute the quote somewhere. Website. They're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy good. They're just crazy good. But you know, I mean, it must kind of irk. It's got to get under some people's skins who kind of believe whatever it was that someone was telling me back when. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> I mean, really, they're just plain wrong and. And uh, 30,000 years of history up till now shows that they're wrong. That's yeah. all, you know. You know, there are material differences in the different mediums, but it's, it's colored goo and you put it on with a brush. <laughs> and some of them, you know, act this way and the other ones act that way. And it's great fun to fuss with it a bit i at least that's what i find i mean again that's i'm i'm shading the glibness again but it, it's still true you yeah know? and look we'll go back to the we'll go back to winslow homer he was a, he was a profoundly great he invented what we would think of now as kind of american watercolor painting i mean it, it, it there is the zeus and it popped right out of him i mean he invented how everybody thinks watercolor should be painted it's not yeah. It's not the literal truth, but he made that whole aesthetic. Plus, he was a profoundly great, he was just a great artist, period. Mm -hmm. He did oil painting, he did the watercolor, he did 
Well, he did uh, illustrations for the whatever it was during the Civil War, from which they made uh, engravings and, and woodblock prints. But so it just didn't make sense to me that you had to do this one thing. Mm. That's all. But, but and it's so, so much fun. That's all. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Got to look at it that way for sure. So you're self-taught. And when you were going through, like, as if it's ever ended, I know we're supposed to keep growing and all that, but as you're studying and as you were going along, did you like look at Winslow Homer's watercolors? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm totally. going to try to do that. Totally. Yeah. I totally did. And what I did, this is another thing. When I talk to, when I'm talking with my students or my, you know, I workshop students, that's it. I don't teach a curriculum. I have, I do, you know, outdoor painting workshops, but the thing that the thing I did that worked out the best, I think, is that, and, and I don't know how I came up with it, really, but that what I would, I mean, it's so simple, but I would look at what I did, the disaster that I had made, and I would compare it to paintings that I liked, right? And I would look in the, in the most basic sense, what's the difference here? Why is this so awful and why is that so good to me? And... And I would look, and I would look at my stuff, and kind of divorce the, you know, this that I did it, and I have to feel bad that it looks bad, sort of thing. I looked at it as a thing, and there's this other thing that I like, and what's the difference? And that was a big help, so that really breaking it down to very, very basic components. Uh, for instance, you know, the first time I went out, I told you I saw 100,000 blades of grass and you try to paint them and you can't, you know, you can't do anything. And then I'd look at, all right, what did Homer do? And Homer just, hey, he made a green patch. That was it. <laughs> so then I, I go, all right, maybe I, can, maybe I can do that when I go out there. But, you know, it's very difficult to, it's very, it's still very difficult. You know somebody did it and yet, you're still faced with all this stuff. Yeah. You can almost not bring yourself to do that. So that would be, it, it, it's a kind of, you know, you feel, you feel as if you're going out on a very slim twig to do something like that. Because you see all this stuff and you're, how could I possibly just make it a green swipe, you know? Yeah. But that's, at the time, this is, this is a long time ago, you know, it's 30, some years ago, I would try it out. You know, I'd be brave enough to go, I'm going to make a, just a green patch here. You know, eventually, over time, you turn into yourself as a painter who may be the painter that paints every blade of grass, or you may be the one that paints every 10, or that you may be the one that says, you know what, I'm going to make the grass the same as the sky, whatever. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's through, it's working through all that stuff that you become organically, you know, who, who you are, which keeps changing anyway. Yeah. At least that's my, that's what I've experienced. For sure. But that, that's good to look at your work and not have to judge it so much, but just say, all right, how can, mm -hmm. how, what very basic things can I do to try to make it, bring it in line with what it is that, actually does something for me you know that it you know once you've got some sort of uh you know you've got time 
you know, you've done your whatever, however many acres of canvas or whatever it is. It's not, that doesn't come into play so much. You stop looking, or at least I, you know, I don't really look at the other stuff to try to figure out how to do it anymore. Yeah. I just look, I just still don't know how to do it, but I don't try to figure it out from anybody else now. Uh, it's weird. Anyway, sorry, I've come to a dead end with no conclusion. Okay, well, you know, I've heard you make these comments about, you you know, not knowing what you do. I'm out there, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> what is not that? Really. I mean, you look like, um, okay, let's just say this. The pictures of you painting plein air that I've seen, you're out there like a man on a mission. I mean, you look like yeah. you got your sword and you're sparring, you know? I mean, it's like... <laughs> A lot of intention going on there. So oh, tell yeah. us a bit about your process. How do you, you know, how do you find um, well, what you're going to paint? What is it that, that catches your eye? What are you looking for when you're going out? Sometimes, you know, sometimes I think, you know what I'd like to paint? I'd like to go where there's lobster boats or whatever, which I can do if I go to Portsmouth now. But... More often, here, here's what I do. More often, I, I roam around and I f see something that seems like, okay, I can do something with this, right? And <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. But if I don't see something right away that, that I go, oh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to paint that, uh, but I feel like there's something here. I will really kind of just walk around a little bit and try not to focus. Oh. You know, I don't, I don't look too hard and it's, a, it's kind of an exercise, but I sort of trust that there's going to be, I, I almost can't not pretend to, you know, make a, have an antenna on my head. <laughs> oh, here, here, Tom. And, I, it's not a big deal anymore to just kind of trust that. I go, oh, okay, this is it. I don't exactly know what, but the, okay, right here, right around here. And um, because here, here's the, this is what's, this is, here's the, the hitch is that very often we feel, especially if, if you're not a full-time painter, even if you are, uh, it's easy to feel like, well, I only have a little bit of time, so I have to do the ultimate, you know, I've got to make it count, right. which is for me personally, it's inhibiting and it's usually the results aren't very good. You know, if I feel like I have to, I've got to make the ultimate statement about, you know, Tuttle Road in Lee, New Hampshire here, you know what I mean? <laughs> which is, you know, a place I've, you know. I've gone a few times and it's, you know, there's some stuff I like. Uh, it's, it works out better to see what, what speaks, just what speaks to me. You know, if you listen, you try to try to kind of clear out preconceptions for me, this is just for me. That's my process. I try not to have, if I go in with a conception, I still try to clear it out mm -hmm. and, you know, let it, 
let it talk to me or let, you know, take it in and see what I respond to. Although plenty of times, there's other times when you're in a group of people, right? Which some people love, you know, painting in a group. But, you know, generally speaking, you end up with a kind of a low common denominator where, you know, you go somewhere and somebody says, oh, I don't like that. You know, all right, we'll go somewhere else. <laughs> and you end up with a, you know, with a red barn and a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I have no, nothing against those. It's usually not my sort of thing that I look for, but you, you often, you end up in a place where everybody goes, okay, here, this looks like a painting already. <laughs> and, uh, and I often go, I can't do, you know, this doesn't really do it for me. But so you, again, it's a matter of, well, what, what do I, what does it for me? You know? Yeah. And half the time it'll be, I'll, I, I'll just paint the other painter you know, because that looks best to me. That's kind of the most, the thing that interests me more than anything else. Or sometimes it's a, you know, the stone wall with a weed next to it. This is, all, this is all very just individual. I'm just talking about myself here. Yeah. But it's a different situation from going out on your own. You know, you're, I'm in a situation here, I'm going to do a painting. All right, I got to find a painting. Well, for me, what counts is the painting more than what people will call, you know, the scene or the motif. You know, I, I care more about the painting so that, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the happiest situation, you come up with something that's interesting as a visual idea that you can make a painting out of. And then you can really go to it. That's, that's I'm, I'm kind of putting the, the most favorable spin on all that because uh, it's very, very frequent that you go out and you just make a mess or, you know, something that's inconclusive or that you go, eh, I'm not going to work on that later. You can't finish and you don't want to work on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find a lot of your paintings or subject, I, I get a, I kind of get a kick out of them because I feel like you look at something and say, nobody would think to paint that because that's like not a beautiful scene. And let me just show them what I can do because you, you are such an amazing painter that you can take something really mundane and just make it so lyrical and beautiful. That's so cool. That's very kind. Was that a weird question? No, it's a great question. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you sound like you might have been like, I didn't mean it in any way that you were arrogant, but I mean, it's, it, I do. I look at your work and I'm like, is he just playing with us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's really, it's really a good, it's a really good question because nobody's ever asked it. I mean, let me, let me, I'm going to get a little bit meta. Okay. Because it's strange at this point to think of, even to be able to say, nobody's ever asked me that, because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's crazy to be asked anything, almost. But no, I really, I don't do that, because uh, there's no room in it. There's no room in painting for this sort of petty ego games. Yeah. Not, to do, not to do good work. 
I mean, I've got as much petty ego probably as anybody, I suppose, but it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make your, it doesn't help your work, you know? Right. And I care about painting a lot more than I care about art, uh, a lot more than I care about, you know, any, any other, it's what I care about, really. I care about the painting. I mean, and I, I want to do something that's a satisfying painting, but so that I'm, I'm really, I'm looking for something that just kind of does it for me in some way, whether, whether I like the motif for personal reasons, whatever they are, or whether it's a visual idea that works for me, or if there is some, some little hook that I feel like I can hang a picture around, you know, the way, you know, the way that, yellow thing looks next to the gray thing, you know, and then maybe I can orchestrate a painting around it. Uh, in the case of this outdoor painting stuff, which is a, it's a very specialized activity and has to be done fairly rapidly. I mean, it's a bit of a performance and, well, it's a, it's a lot of performance. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's like a sport. You do, you look like you're sporting out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's time, and I'm not fast, really. I used to be a little faster, but I'm not fast now. So anyway, I'm going to go back to your original question. Yeah. Did I handle that whole thing about I'm just doing it to prove a point of some kind? Not really. No, I didn't mean, I, I, that sounds so arrogant now that I hear yeah, it. It really doesn't to me. It really but it, it actually crossed my mind, like, is he just, like, so good that he's just like picking well i mean no because i don't feel that good i mean i really don't <laughs> i i it's difficult it's really difficult yeah it's really difficult and most painters i think who have done enough enough of it will tell you that they can be outside or working from life or whatever and feel like everything's going great, but then they get it inside later and look at it and go, what was I thinking? You know? <laughs> and then other times you feel like you're just hacking away at something that it is, you're not getting anywhere. And then you look at it later and go, all right, there's something there, you know, mm -hmm. it's, you're just not really in control of it. I mean, you, you can only control how much, you know, attention you put into it, I guess. Yeah. You know, in terms of work, basically. But so what's a successful day, plein air painting? And what? Ah, just, just painting, really, being this, out. Do, do you have a particular time of day, or? No. Uh, if I if I go out, no, not really, not anymore. Um, although I will tell you. <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago, I was at a, a, a an opening with the Plain Air Painters of America. I'd been invited as a guest artist, and uh, which is an, a, an audition, basically, when you're invited mm -hmm. as a guest artist. Um, so I was in Steamboat Springs in Colorado, and, uh, you know, 
did some painting and then at the at the end of the week you know there's a there's a show and you hang up whatever you feel like you can hang up you know and so i had done whatever i had six or seven pictures up there a couple of them were pretty good i think but anyway one of the other artists said to me we were standing around having a drink or whatever and he says you know i've I love this so much. <laughs> he says, you know, I've noticed you paint a lot of glary pictures. And I said, glary? Which I, is a, a great word I'd never heard before. He says, yeah, you know, like, you know, middle of the day, stark. And uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. There's a couple of, he, he was right. I, I didn't think of them as glary, but I really can't afford to wait until 4 p.m. to go out during the golden hour because it's not enough time, you know, for me. So I like it. I, I like having a lot of time. You know, I like it when the light doesn't change that much. It always changes, it's always changing. But it takes me a while to build up enough paint on there so that I can you know, I, I don't get it down right away, or I don't feel like I do. It takes me a while to get things kind of nice. Um, and the best time for that is the long stretch, you know, during the day when it's sun's high and things are glary. So there's that part is the reason why. And the other part that I was thinking about it is that, listen, this is the way things are and the way they look and the way they feel, you know, I'm not, I feel like <laughs> this does sound arrogant, but it, there's a thing and there's a little thing inside me that says, Tom, you're going to tell the truth here, you know, <laughs> which is to say, yeah, a lot of the day is spent with the sun high and, the, and things don't look all that pretty. You know, they, they are the way they are. And to me, it's fun to find, you know, to find the, still find the visual idea that, that appeals, you know. But also it's because I'm not that fast. You know, I, I don't whip them out real fast. I mean, every so often, but mostly I, when I go in, it's for, you know, it's hours. It's three, four hours on the same thing. And it works best when, when the sun's not going down, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Now you paint, you paint rather big, what, what I would consider big for plein air, is that? Uh, I used to paint really big. Oh, uh, so these are... Well, I mean, you know, now, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to go out with a big canvas, but I can't finish it outside anymore. You okay. Know? Uh, the biggest thing I can manage on a good day when I have a lot of time is like a 16 by 20 sort of thing. And that's, that's just like luck you know, or things are going well and I have a lot of time and I can scratch my name into it. But, you know, mostly I, these days, mostly I'll do, you know, 12 by 16 sort of thing where I feel like I can finish it and call it good. Not all the time at all. But the, the reason is that in the past, now I try to really push through to finish a thing that small because I have completely murdered a lot of unfinished small pictures in the studio trying to finish them up. And 
they're as much work as a big painting and they just turn into a mess. And so now I think, all right, I'll just see if I can bring it along and call it, you know, plain air. <laughs> uh, but I do really like painting larger outside, but can't really bring them to a state where I feel okay signing it. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of days ago I had a 20 by 30, which was a lot of fun, you know, Wow. But now I have a lot of work to do in the studio, you know, three or four hours outside. And then it's a lot of time in the studio. That's just, that's what happens to me. So when you take it back to the studio, are you then using photo reference or memory? Yes, both, both. Uh, sometimes no photos. It, sometimes I, I think I went into this on another podcast was working from drawings. Mm-hmm. There's no photos involved at all. That's a completely different thing. It's great fun, but I never do landscapes like that. Only, you know, things with people in them. Uh, so yeah, you know, and it's a combination of everything. It's a lot of, I get very fussy in the studio in a way, just trying to get things to feel right. They never, so, you know. I love one quote yeah. that you said. Um, I forget who it was with. Of course, I didn't write it down, but it was something about kind of um, <laughs> when you're in the studio and you know you're trying to get to work and you're trying to to get over there and you'll dabble on the guitar first. Or yeah. <laughs> stalling techniques, I guess. Is that something you implement often? <laughs> well, what I do uh, routinely is when I go in there is that I, I arrange the palette. I mean, generally like to this evening when I left, I had, you know, colors around the palette. I've got a big picture I'm working on in there, but tomorrow I will still go in and want to make it nice, you know, kind of clean it up a little bit and add paint where I need to and add medium where I need to. And, you know, it typically takes a while, but it, it seems like a good way to separate getting out of the car from starting a painting is, you know, you know, doing my little thing, you know, sometimes it takes a while cause I'll, I'll have, you know, I'll have a notion where, well, let me, let me pre-mix a lot of colors and see what happens. And, the, and I can spend a long time doing that, but I don't know. I, uh, anymore, I try not to judge too hard what, what what it is that it occurs to me to do, you know, to get to work. I mean, I'll judge plenty the actual thing I'm doing, but it's so difficult. <laughs> it really is. And I'm one of the weirdos that likes to experiment a lot with different colors and different mediums and things. And you know, I don't have a I don't have a routine where I only do this every time. That would be nice. You know, I I only use these colors you know, I'm always trying some other thing to try to make it less impossible. But, the, you know, that's my rationale. But the fact is, is, I just like, apparently just like messing with stuff to see if, well, if it'll make it any easier. It almost never does. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, your teaching. <clears throat> Bummer this year, huh? You had so many great... <laughs> yeah workshops planned oh my goodness Cadiz Spain and uh what else yeah. was there 
I had, oh, let me think. I had uh, Spain and then France immediately after. No, yeah, France. No, no, it wasn't France. It was Italy. Yeah. And then uh, in the fall, Italy and France. Uh, but we're still going ahead, you know, the, 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 and then with the Plain Air Painters of America, there's a, I'll be teaching in Taos in September. Wow. They have not totally decided whether to go ahead with that or cancel that yet. So I have a feeling that's going to happen. Hmm. And um, I'm even now putting together a main workshop for the second half of August that will have complete with uh, social distancing. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's a few of them, at least, you know, four of them anyway have just not, not going to happen. Yeah. Which, you know. Eventually. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, um, do you it, teach? It could be a lot worse. <laughs> I, yeah, true. That, that's right. Yeah. Um, do you teach beginners? Do you have, allow them into your workshop? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Okay. I like, I like it because they're generally, you know, they're so much more ingenuous and ready to try things. Uh, and they don't have any habits at all, good or bad. Right. True. <laughs> so they're, they're fine, you know. So what's your number one takeaway you want everybody to, to walk away from that workshop with? My workshops? Yeah, um, that's one thing. Or the main thing, what's like the most important thing for you to get across? Main, the, yeah, the main thing is, there's a couple of them. Uh, the first one, which is terribly New England puritanical sounding, is <laughs> keep working at it. You know, you have to, you've got to put in the, the you've got to have experience with your brush, brushes, pencils, whatever, yeah. to get anywhere with it. It doesn't happen because there is a secret. There's no secret. You know, the secret is get busy. <laughs> uh, the nice thing, though, is that it, it, it's, it's frightening in a way that there's no particular rule. You know, it's all you. It's all yours. There's no standard, really, except the ones you set for yourself, whatever they are. And, and even then, it's still you know, a headlight in the nighttime. You just, you, you're going somewhere where your headlight's going. That's it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, which is freeing in a way. And it's also, you know, it, it feels a bit lonesome. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's the difference between painting and pretty much everything else. You know, there's no real metric, you know, you're, on your own, you can do what you want, and some of it really resonates with other people uh, and with yourself. That I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm going. I'm going in a direction that doesn't really answer your question. The answer is get to work and keep working consistently. Yeah, you'll get somewhere. You know, you might not like where you're going, but it's still you. Uh, my father, the painter, um, who I met in my twenties, 
uh, he he did <laughs> he knew what he was talking about when he talked about painting. He wouldn't teach me anything for I suppose psychological reasons, but mm. he 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 was good with an aphorism, and one of them, which is profoundly true, is trust your marks. Wow. He added, even if you hate them, but trust them. You're, you're, the stuff you come up with is, it's, nobody else can do it. You know, there's, there's, no, there's, as a beginner, you're going to look to models, to people to emulate, artists to emulate that you like. You're going to learn a lot that way. It's the only way you learn, really. Uh, is, but over time, you yourself emerges. Mm. And, uh, you yourself emerge. That's better grammar. <laughs> and it's perfectly feasible that it never looks very good to you, to, to you. Uh, but you still have to trust it. It's what you have, you know. Nobody else has your voice. Right. Really. So do you, when you're teaching, you do some demo work and... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't really do... I, some, some instructors do a demo every day. I don't do that because I always feel like it's going to be very boring for people. Uh, but I will at least do... I, I will demonstrate whatever it is that I have decided to make an assignment I'll do a quick demo of what I'm talking about. And then uh, depending on the length of the workshop, I'll do a, you know, a two or three hour painting demo of like I'm painting a picture or, you know, pretending to. And every so often I'll have a workshop where people will say, Tom, we'd really like to either actually really paint a picture. And I say, and at this stage, I, can't, I have a very hard time doing a demonstration and really painting. I have to really concentrate. And so yeah. I'll say, well, okay, I'll do that, but I need to be able to just concentrate on what I'm doing. And uh, so I'll do that as well. So it's does a spectrum like so many other things, you know. Mm. I'll do a demo painting, which is usually fairly truncated. And sometimes I will really paint the way I paint, you know, which is to say, it's, it's all, like you said, you know, it look, it's all concentration, you know, it's all very intense. It feel, yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll certainly do, I'll demonstrate what it is I want them to do. If I have a particular, you know, a kind of assignment. Hmm. You know, there's a couple things I do every time, you know, monochromatic painting and another thing, in, you know, that has to do with uh, composition, but I'll totally work it out. I'll say, here's what I'm talking about. Okay. And do it. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. So let's, um, let's, let's move on to um, success. What is success to you? Success? Yeah. Success is that I can keep painting. That's it. If I can uh, earn enough by painting or whatever, so that I can, you know, keep body and soul together, you know, without 
a lot of discomfort and so that I can keep doing my work, that's success, you know, Good. really. Yeah. I want to, I want to sell enough work so that I can make more of it. That's it. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great if all of it went and, you know, I was sitting on a cushion of some kind, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. So I have to think about, well, I'm supposed to think about it, <laughs> but really I want to be able to keep working, you know, mm. That's what I want. So I need a studio. I need a place to live. It'd right. be nice if it wasn't subsistence. In the past, it has been uh, sub-subsistence sometimes. But that the, really, that's success. I, I want to be able to... And, and then the real success, I suppose, would be feeling as if... I had the the scope to really work out whatever painting ideas I had, as opposed to I've got to do something to go to the XYZ gallery that they might be able to sell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really it would be, you know, I, f I have this idea and I would like to do that and be able to do it and do the next idea and the one after that without, having to make them be profitable. That would be ultimate success, yeah. I think. Yeah. You seem like you're close. You seem like you're. <laughs> well, I don't, it doesn't feel that way, but uh, I will, I'm, I'm not gonna argue too hard. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> What's the most um, significant honor or award that you've gotten that's meant the most to you? I don't know. It's another thing. Uh, this, this may have to be censored out, but I really don't care about them. Yeah. I just don't. They're not important. You know what Degas said? Competition is for horses. <laughs> Good one. He was right. Um, I started entering, I, I started entering that plain air one. Uh, I, 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 it was one of those things where I, at some point I'd entered, I'd entered what I thought were good paintings and nothing happened. And I said, all right, it's the usual story. They can't tell a good painting from, a, from anything else. And I, I, for the first time ever, I strategized a little bit and thought, well, okay, they like show pictures, you know, they like show paintings. Yeah. And so I started to enter things in various categories that would be impressive, honestly. Yeah. It's not, it's not the work that means the most to me. However, uh, and then uh, in 2018, I think, at the Plain Air Expo, I won the third place. And I thought, you know, I'd like to win that thing. <laughs> and it's usually not my motivation at all, but I thought it's not a, it's not a great big uh, hardship to keep entering, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I came up with a, an approach that 
you know, shockingly, honestly, it was a shock to actually win the, the big prize last year. Um, I don't really know why. I mean, honestly, but all that said, again, this might be a thing you don't even want to air is that I, I, I don't care. You know, what I care about is that if it helps me to make sales so that I can keep painting, seriously, that's what I care about. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, the awards and prizes are, to me, have nothing to do with what I care about, except that maybe it's a means to an end, you know. Now, so tell us about the painting that won, though. The one <laughs> that was fun. That was... Uh, that painting was a, a big acrylic that I did, that I adapted from a watercolor that I had painted on location. And this was in New Harbor, Maine, at a place called Back Cove, that anybody who paints that kind of thing, they go there and they go, oh, it's so wonderful. And it is, it's lovely. I have long family association with that place. You know, my grandmother lived there at the, at the back of the cove, my father's mother. We used to visit when I was little. And then in New Harbor, uh, that's where I actually met my father again. You know, I, I basically invaded his space and said, hey, here I am. Uh, and the first time we went painting together was at that spot. Wow. I don't have a huge amount of sentiment about it, except that, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and so I, it, and it's a place I go, you know. So I was there two days ago, in fact, mm. uh, looking at it. Uh, but anyway, so I'd done this watercolor on a foggy day. And like I said, I thought, huh, that'd be, that'd be the way that I work, I go, that might be fun to try to do something big and different, you know, with this watercolor. And so I thought, well, I'll do acrylic, because why not, you know? And so I did this big thing, and that was it, really, just trying to make a, make a painting out of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I submitted the image, and it just happened to be the one you know, it happened to be the one that they ended up going for. But, you know, it won, here's the thing, it won best acrylic during one of those bi-monthly things. Okay. And, and therefore was eligible for the, for the big win. Um, but I was, I was surprised, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know why they pick one thing over the other. I really don't. I don't know who picks them either. Right. So, uh, but that was it. It was a it was a it was a big painting that I did from a smaller you know from a watercolor that I'd painted on the spot, and nice. it's very different except for the you know the shapes are all the same, but you know it's a different feeling. And what did Dad say? Huh? What did Dad say? Oh, he didn't. Well, he 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 was not. He wasn't. He wasn't somebody who would say anything. I mean, he was, he, he died 10 years ago, so he missed out on all the prizes. Oh, gotcha. But he, he cares about, he would have cared about that even less than I profess to care. I mean, really. Uh, 
when I painted that Rescue thing. marks whether you win or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, he was more of a hermit than I am by far even. But we, you know, there's a similar, he would have, he would have said something, well, funnier than I did about what he really cares about is painting, not, not the, there's no other objective to it. It's painting is the objective. Except was, your, was your dad a career artist? It's all he did. Mm. You know, when I, was a, when I was little, he was a newspaper, he was a photographer for the newspaper that I ended up being an artist at. But when he left, when he, you know, he, you know, he abandoned us and, and he'd fallen in love with somebody else who worked at that paper and left. And at that point, then he was a full-time painter okay. and he had a, he had an enabler, you know, <laughs> his wife is my stepmother. Yeah. Uh, and that's what he did. He painted and uh, uh, did a lot, you know, a lot. But <laughs> I, again, I didn't know anything about that at all until I, you know, I had heard that he was alive and where he lived and this was after I was painting and I was like, Oh, I have to, I would like, I really need to see what it was he was up to, you know? Yeah. So that's when I went to find him. Gotcha. It, yeah. It was, it was exciting to me at the time, <laughs> yeah. but he wouldn't teach me anything. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, you know, it worked out. We had, we had, we had a great time painting together though. On the other hand, it's, you know, he, he was, I think, I think he just couldn't stand the whole, you know, uh, parent-child situation. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you know, I was instantly a, I was on an equal footing as a painter, not as an experienced painter, but as somebody that he was perfectly happy to go out and paint pictures with. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that was nice. Nice. So you've been out... A lot of hours painting. Tell us your 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 best story of plein air painting. Oh gosh. Funniest, scariest. <laughs> what do you got? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you probably got a lot. <laughs> I probably, but um well the funniest ones are the ones when people you know, when you're working and like I I was out painting once with a friend of mine real good friend, he's a great painter, T.M. Nicholas. And we were painting in Vermont, this is years ago, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago anyway. And uh, <laughs> he will be, we'll paint together and he always makes me look terrible. <laughs> so we're, we're painting more or less the same motif, some kind of a mill on the river or something. This guy comes up and he looks at what we're doing and he's, and all what I recall is that he's looking at mine and he says, you know, <laughs> he says, when I first started driving a tractor, I didn't know what I was doing either. <laughs> and oh, no. Tom, you know, Tom, TM next to me, I can see he's, he's stifling a laughter, you know, because it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. And I'm like, yeah, really? No kidding. You know, nothing like, nothing like a, a candid, a candid appraisal. I didn't know what I was doing either, but I kept working at it, you know. Um, Bit of encouragement there. Hmm? 
a bit of encouragement. It's fine with me. I mean, you know, that's how it is. Mm -hmm. you, you, anybody can, can make a mess. And <laughs> I make more messes than anybody I know. Uh, that I, I cherished, that was so much fun because there was somebody there to hear it, you know? Yes. Uh, otherwise, no, you know, um, there's, there's plenty of them. You hear all kinds of funny things, but I, it's hard to recall them all. <laughs> uh, I was painting in Venice once on the, on the Academia Bridge, which is really crowded. Oh, yeah. maybe, not, maybe not now, but it was at the time. And I was doing the usual look down the Grand Canal and this is like 20 years ago and somebody stopped and they they said I, I couldn't believe it i totally couldn't believe it I said i know your work you know from the thames gallery in newport rhode island where i used to show a long long time ago somebody knew who i was in venice which i couldn't believe it uh that's pretty cool. You know what? Actually, one of the best things, this is my favorite thing. This is on that same Italy trip. I was in uh, San Gimignano in Tuscany. I was doing watercolors and I use uh, a, a, a two inch bristle brush typically for a lot of the painting. And I, you know, you tend to hold it in a kind of a, I don't know, hold it in a, a fairly distinctive way, or at least I do, apparently. And so I was out painting and this fellow came up who told me he was an artist. He lived there. He was not Italian, but he was not a native English speaker either. But anyway, he saw me working and he says to me, I see you are Japanese. <laughs> it's wonderful. Because of the way I was holding the brush, you know, like those calligraphers. Yeah. And then another time, this time in Venice, it was the same Italy trip. I was, I was doing a painting looking at the uh, Santa Maria della Salute, uh, which I like to go to because there's plenty of room there. And I'm working on this thing. and Somebody was behind me for a long time. And I thought, uh oh, a painter. Because it's always paint, you know, if anybody sticks around, it's a painter. And uh, I was, capping the thing off, I guess, and the fellow says to me, he's Italian, and he says, uh, Italiano? And I said, no. He said, Francese? I said, no, sono americano. You know, that, that's all my Italian right there. Yeah. That, that plus C, I could say C. <laughs> anyway, I said, sono americano. And he said to me, you don't paint like an American. Uh -huh. Which, I don't know what it meant, but I took it as a compliment. <laughs> of course. He was, he, was, he was a sweetheart, actually, that guy. You know, anybody will stand there for a half hour watching you paint. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Nice. Francese. Americano. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. That's, that's, you know, you hear a lot of, you know, people are, they're very innocent, you know. Plenty of times I'll be out there. They say, you did that all today? I go, yeah, it's been an hour, you know. But that's kind of normal. What makes you choose oil over water? Do you take them both out with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do. Uh, it just, mostly it's just what I'm doing, you know. 
I've got the watercolor kit in the car. Uh, I used to do those all the time, and now I tend to do them in spurts. Hmm. Really because the galleries don't want them. That's a shame. Irritating. That is a shame. Well, you know, there's the usual stupid, stupid uh, preconceptions about yes. them that it's very hard to fight against or not even fight, you know, you just, where's the fight? It's just that people think they should be cheap and people think that they fall apart or don't last or whatever. And if everybody thinks that you're kind of on your own in a way. And, right. and honestly, you know, again, the, the watercolor painters aren't doing themselves any favors by calling themselves watercolorists and having their, you know, their purity tests about, you know, separating themselves out from other sorts of painting. It's painting. Yeah. Only transparent and all that stuff. Uh, so I do those really to please myself. Uh, and then if I, if I have like a solo show, I make sure to have watercolors in them. But... You know, when I have, if I have a new gallery or whatever, and I ask them, what do you think about watercolors? They're like, you know, there's a whole, don't want them, basically. So I haven't, I would love it. I would love to hear of a place that was serious about them, where you could show them and they were not, you know, second class, underclass citizens. Right. Let me tell you. They're not easy. <laughs> well, you know, I'd love to, to know like a little bit about your process. They look entirely. Uh, as wicked if, fun. They're as, wicked fun. Do you sketch in and. and... Yeah, I, I try to make sure I have a pencil. Every so often I will be caught short and then I have to really. Yeah. Uh, you know, careful at first, but usually what I do is, yeah, I'll put in very general shapes for the things. I mean, I don't draw everything out at all because I just don't, uh, but I'll put the big masses or the big shapes. I'll, you know, put them in in a fairly perfunctory manner and then, you know, give it, give it, give it my best shot. Nice. Um, it's really fun though, but, you know, I, if I haven't done them in a while, it, it takes me a few of them, a few clunkers, you know, and this is, I'm putting the best face on it. It takes a few clunkers to get rolling again, you know? Yeah. Um, get that muscle worked up. Something, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. You know, so do you rely solely on um, galleries for your your uh, income, or do you, do you also? Well, no, there's a teaching which well right I, I mean as far as a venue to sell your work or do you use uh sometimes i sell them myself which yeah. is nice because it's no commission do you do you have a social media outlet or just your website or how do you do that um the only social media that i do and i i hope that there's none other that exists is you know facebook and uh instagram yeah the F Facebook has been, for me, really good because um, I think without that, there's no way you would, you know, I wouldn't be talking with you. But it's, it's because of that over a little bit of time that it's other painters 
have seen my stuff and thought, oh, you know, whatever they think about it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty sure because I've, I worked for a very long time, you know, completely. I mean, it's normal to me to, it's weird that anybody has any notion about me. You know what I mean? Other mm -hmm. than just personal acquaintances. I mean, it's, it's gratifying, but it's really strange. Uh, and I, that's, I think, really because of that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, some painters, but not a very wide, not a wide range of them until I got on Facebook and then started showing on, in, um, I joined some groups, you know, like winter, winter painting or whatever. And then suddenly people would start noticing. It's weird. I don't know how it works very well, but that, it seemed to be because of that that, uh, you know, pe people had some notion, artists anyway, other painters had some notion about me. I feel, I feel honestly embarrassed even talking about it. It's oh, a great way to who I was. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, uh, I think it, you know, we're there to help each other. I mean, if we're not, you know, you, you can't just be an island. And I think it's a really great way to connect. Um, I mean, I, I was an island and it, it worked out fine. I mean, that's it worked out to, as a, just for painting, but not, certainly not for, uh, not quite so well for making a living at it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I started to think, you know what, I really better start join, trying to join things, you know, because it hasn't done me much good not joining. Right, right. I did, I've done so, a little bit. I'm sorry? But I, haven't done, I haven't done TikTok yet. <laughs> yeah, that one I'm a bit clueless about. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. There's only, only so many hours in the day you can fool with that stuff, too. Seriously. Seriously. Really? Unless you got a 12 year old at home who can put it yeah, out in 30 seconds. I didn't, I didn't produce any. <laughs> <laughs> um, so your website is um, tomhughespaintings.com. Yes. Very nice website. Well, thank you. I need to update it. I haven't touched it in months. Oh, yeah. Well, people can actually buy from your website. Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah, they, they can. Yeah, there's. Uh, there's uh, shopping carts next to all the paintings on sale. You, you do a blog. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. Uh, once I sit down and start get a notion, it's kind of fun to write something. Mm. Uh, but I honestly, I haven't, I have been very uh, remiss with that for a while. Now I could write something now that I, I live in a whole different place and everything. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been great. Is there anything else you want to cover? Tell us, New Englanders, now that you're back. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. That's what I, 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 I'm really happy to be here. The reason, I mean, I like it for painting, et cetera, but you know what I really like about New England is the people. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, I sound like I'm stumping for office, but it's not true. The people here are fun. And yeah. full of wit, you know. I yeah. like that. The it is people, great. I mean, it's my. It's they make sense to me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no place like home. Yeah. yeah. But we are also glad you're here. You know, the chatter was oh, Tom Hughes is moving back. Oh, I can't believe it. I mean, honestly, chatter. <laughs>
it was like, yes, he's ours now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so, so very. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you edit out the blush. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're glad. We're so glad and uh, looking forward for sure to Thank the day you. that we can do the workshops and get out there. And Thank you very much. And do all that. So thanks for being on. Been my it's been my pleasure Th thank you for inviting me I, I mean it all right we'll see you around for sure okay if you found inspiration from today's show make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media also take a moment to write a quick review on itunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode and while you're there you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show and don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.